That was Union of Pride by Killer Doors, and you are listening to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis. I am your host, Nick, the Saucy One Cat Source, humble servant of rock and roll, and as always, I am broadcasting to you live from the land of meth and honey, Caraville, Tennessee, and I also want to introduce my multi-talented, incredibly beautiful producer, the Snow White to my Killer Dwarf, Danielle Prizer. How you doing tonight, sweetheart? Oh, she's adorable. I'm doing great tonight, baby. Cool, cool. So I know um, you're eight, nine years younger than me, so you probably missed the whole 80s metal thing when it was in its heyday. And I did give you an assignment this week to dwarfinize yourself, check out some videos, listen to some songs, and kind of immerse yourself in all things dwarf. 
And I haven't asked you yet. I wanted to wait till we were live on the air to ask you, what do you think of the Killer Dwarfs? Well, um, you know, at first I thought, okay, this is a typical 80s hairband. This is something that I could have heard on MTV or at the skating rink or, you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, watching the videos, I'm like, okay, they have they have some fun at their shows. Um, and then I started really listening to the lyrics. And I found something that I really hadn't seen a whole lot um especially in, like, 80s music and stuff, you know, because a lot of the 80s hair bands were all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. Um, but I found that a lot of the Killer Dwarf songs had a really positive message behind them. You know, it was all about, you know, coming together and, um, you know, trying to live your dream and, and try to stay strong in what you believe in. And I was like, you know, this is this is pretty cool. Um yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things of if I had found, I mean, it it could have fit right in with my collection of everything else I was listening to, but at the same time, you know, it, it's a little it's a little above. Um, you know, obviously, all the guys are really talented that are in the band, and they have a really great sound, and um, you know, they have the typical you know rock and roll hair band type look. But it seems like they have a little something extra that's behind the lyrics, and and I can really appreciate that, and I I really respect that. It's pretty cool. Well, good. I'm glad um you got the same kind of feeling out of it that I did. That's why I'm always trying to turn people on to music. I know you have to get Russ Dorf on the line, so I will I let do. you go about your producerly ways. All and right. um, I just kind of want to do my little idiot fanboy thing here. I believe I keep the show authentic and kind of entertaining and engaging because I only invite people on the show. I only invite bands on the show that I really dig, people that I've grown up listening to, people who have had an impact on me, not just as a fan, but as an artist myself. And I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of background why I dig Killer Dwarfs so much. First, I'm going to have to set the Wayback Machine to the 80s. Um, in the 80s, I was in the metal. And, you know, I was in the heavy metal because I like loud, fast, high-energy music. And I never really felt like a real connection to metal, like that real, yes, this embodies me. You know, this is what I'm all about. But it was good in the sense that I liked it better than, like, NXS or fucking Huey Lewis in the News or whatever crap they were playing on the radio. It was good, but it just wasn't enough or it wasn't the embodiment of what I was about. It didn't feel like it was talking directly to me. It felt like it was talking around me, and that was fine. And I was a metalhead until, you know, die hard into metal until probably the late 80s, early 90s, and then my ex-wife now ex-wife, introduced me to someone who I think is just a be-all, end-all of musical knowledge, Pat Sheehan. And, you know, I, all my friends were in the metal, so he was like the first punk friend, first non-metal friend I ever met. And I was talking to him, and he's like, hey, are you into punk? And I was like, what, like Sex Pistols? Like, I'm a kid. I don't know anything about anything. You know, I, I just saw Sid and Nancy, and that was the extent of what I knew about punk music. And he takes and takes me to his house. He's like, check this out. He plays Peg Boy, Strong Reaction. And as soon as I heard that song, I knew I was hooked. I was like, wow, this is speaking directly to me. 
this is exactly what you know I was looking for. And he lends me his cassette tape. And anybody who's under 30, you'll just have to Google cassette tape. I'm not going to sit here and explain what it is. But it's a music thing. Anyways, that's how us old timers <laughs> used to listen to music. So anyways, I take the tape back to my house. I play side A, side B, a couple times, back and forth, beginning to end. And I'm the kind of guy that when I'm into something, I'm really into something. So I'm like all in. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm done with the metal thing. Take all my metal tapes, throw them in a box, throw them in a the closet next to like my Mad Magazines and Yo-Yos and a Rubik's Cube. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm done with that shit. Time to move on to the new thing. However, there were a few bands that did not get thrown into the shit box. Like I kept my Iron Maiden tapes out and my Dio tapes, and one of the bands that I kept out was Killer Dwarfs. And I'll tell you why Killer Dwarfs didn't get thrown into that shit box was for two reasons. One, Russ Dwarfs' voice is infectious. I mean, he just has such a high-energy voice and songwriting style. And the lyrics, like Danielle, like you were saying earlier, those lyrics are just so upbeat that it kind of segued me easily into getting into the punk thing. So I really dug that. But the thing that I really dug about the band is in the 80s and 90s, especially in the 80s, everybody wanted to dice things up and put them into little boxes, little labels, categorize things. And you had to categorize, especially music back then. And it wasn't good enough you were in the metal. I mean, obviously, back then, what you looked like is what you're into. So if you had long hair and stonewashed jeans, you're into metal. That was your look. And um, it wasn't enough that you were just like, I'm into heavy metal. Then it's like, well, what genre of metal? What subcategory? You had to subcategorize. Because you have like glam metal, death metal, um, power metal, you know, thrash metal, fucking Appalachian grocery store metal. Like every kind of like metal you can think of, all these little categories. And the thing I really liked about the Killer Dwarves and the reason I kept listening to them, even when I got into something else, was you could never put them into a little box. You could never define them. They were always this unique sound, and I was the kind of guy who, when I like something, I'm going to try to turn other people onto it. So, you know, I'm like walking around with headphones, like accosting little old ladies, like, listen to New Iron Maiden. Like, I wanted everybody to like what I like, and when I would tell people, hey, you got to check this band out. Well, you know, it's a metal band? Well, yeah, I have a mullet and a jean jacket. Of course, I'm listening to a metal band. Well, what kind of metal? Well, you know, is it glam metal? Is it death metal? None of those. It's just good. Well, what do you mean? It's just good. It's just good music. Listen to it. And that's what I really liked about Killer Doors. And that's why no matter, you know, what I was into, even when I was in even Steven and into punk at my heaviest, everything had to be punk, Killer Doors still stayed in my rotation. And I've probably never got a month in my adult life without, you know, listening to Killer Doors, you know, at least one or two songs on a monthly basis. So that is my little idiot fanboy moment, and I am going to cue in Russ Dorf here. Let me get him on the line, and then we are going to talk all things Dorf. Hold on. My dashboard is doing weird things. Okay, Russ, do I have you? Nick, how are you doing, man? Russ Dorf. Hey, hey, what's happening, Russ? All right, buddy. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's definitely an exciting moment for me. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Cool, cool. Now, look, I want to get into the new album, Start at One, and the upcoming tour. 
But first, yep. I want to ask you, you heard in the monologue, I think you guys have a really unique sound. I checked out the band's Facebook, of course, and I see you guys have a loyal following still after all these years. Let me ask you, that unique Killer Door sound, is this by design? When you guys were starting out where you're like, look, we don't want to be the next Motley Crue or the next Metallica, we want to do something different? Or is it just happenstance? Is this just the way your music kind of evolved? I think that's it, buddy. I think it's just like when we first started, it's four guys, and you know you're in your you're you're 20 years old, and you know we were obviously playing a lot of t- cover tunes and trying to write our own material and stuff. I don't think we really looked to anybody else and said, "Oh, let's be like that," or "Let's not be like that." We just kind of were we were our own uh, little entity there, and you know we uh, everybody got along well, and we had a good sense of humor, and uh, you know the bottom line is that we all had passion for rock and roll, right? You know, there's three chords I know both of them. Right on. That is good stuff. And, I mean, it definitely shows on stage with the energy level. And I was watching some videos, and I I hear a lot, you know, from bands that are from Canada, especially I always hear Dee Snyder talking about it from Twisted Sister, that Mm -hmm. some of the Canadian bands, especially the metal bands, feel like they kind of get – a bad rap in the States. I mean, is that how you guys feel? You guys feel like you have a lot less, you're taking a lot less seriously in the States than you are in your home, you know, of Canada? I, don't think, I think it's the opposite for us here. I don't know. We're kind of like underdogs here. Uh, we've been around a long time, obviously, and uh, I, I've always felt at home in the U.S., and I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, and I, I, I feel like it's my second home, so. I, I don't think we ever got, like, that kind of rap down there that I that I know of, but I try not to listen to the bad stuff, you know. Life's too short. Get it? Oh, I definitely hear you there. That was bad. All yeah, right, um, buddy. So I was watching this YouTube video of an old interview, and you were actually kind of talking about how you felt like you weren't getting a huge rapport from your hometown. Is it still that way? Is yeah, it still like that, much. or you guys gained a lot yeah. of momentum out there now? Well, you know, we've been around a long time, so everybody obviously knows who we are, but we've always been kind of underdogs here. We have the fans and everything, but maybe, uh, I don't know, I think maybe that's just an old uh, an old way to look at it at this point. You know, after the years have passed and everything, we, have, we definitely have a lot of recognition here and everything, so that might just be something that's... You know, been from the past and everything, but we when we originally started in the 80s and into the 90s, uh, we didn't really work a lot here, and we were everywhere else, and uh, we we didn't uh, you know have a lot of attention here. I don't know, just it's one of those hometown things. Sometimes, uh, you know, like the radio and stuff. That's probably basically it that, that kind of shunned us until you know maybe Dirty Weapons came out or something. You know, if they saw that someone else important was working with us, it was okay to play us and stuff you know but uh we always got a lot of support from like the television and stuff up here like much music it's like mtv in the states and you know like the uh, a lot of the videos were popular on mtv in the u.s and you know really popular here on the television but i can't say the radio was that supportive of us definitely not do you think it was because they couldn't dice you up and put you in a little box and say Hey, this is like a Motley Crue type band. Do you think that had something to do with it, or maybe I don't know. It's hard to you know to be a Monday morning quarterback and overanalyze everything. I don't know. You know, who knows? Maybe <laughs> I, 
I don't know, maybe we draw, uh, knocked over a beer at the uh, at a show. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard, hard to right. say. Like, life's too short, right? At this point in life, with us, we've been around so long, we, we're we just trying to be a positive uh, uh, guys and, and have fun with our lives and everything, because you know what I mean? You, you're here today, gone later today. You don't know when your number's up, and... And I think everybody is a little too fretful of everything these days with, you know, social media and everything. And everybody likes to knock people down, and it's not a cool thing, right? You know, music is a positive thing. It's a great thing to have. It's a universal thing. It makes people happy. You know, that's I think we're sometimes we lose the point, right? Well, I, I definitely know. I can definitely hear your lyrics and your demeanor. I mean, I definitely know where that positive energy music comes from because just talking to you, I can tell. I mean, you've definitely kind of got it figured out on a basic level as far as life goes. I mean, I'm probably way more cynical than you are. But, I mean, well, on your end, it definitely sounds like you have it figured out. But talking well, you, about you, high you, energy. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, well, I was talking about high energy and how, like, your shows, you're basically just like a rubber ball bouncing off the walls. Um, On the new tour, what kind of energy level are the fans going to be able to expect? I'll be sitting in a chair at my age. (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. You know what I mean? It's it's not something that was ever contrived or anything. It was just the way the music made me uh, feel and... Stuff you know, and obviously I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 53, and but you know I'm still uh, I'm still above ground. So uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting uh, to be with the guys and play and everything. You know, I it's yet to be seen what will happen. Hmm, it'll be a mystery. Ah, I'm a mystery. For, I, a lot of people are going to want to check out. I hope so. I'm well, looking forward to it. Definitely, you know. When was your last major tour? Was it around 2001, 2002? Uh, with the Dwarfs? Right. Uh, it was probably around 2005. 2005. And, uh, you know, I play, I, I've been playing ever since. I'm in a couple of bands myself, and uh, I'm doing tons of stuff, and, you know, I'm always playing. So, But this is a special thing, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Daryl and I... Uh, you know, we started the band like uh, over 30 years ago, and uh, we're, you know, we still, we're like brothers. We still talk every day, you know, like regardless of if we were playing or not, right? So we're right. we're, we're ex- excited just to go out and hang out with each other, and we've already uh, been doing some stuff, and we're having a lot of laughs. It's it's too bad everybody couldn't see what what all the other stuff that goes on because we do have a lot of fun together, and it's it's a fun thing. It's not uh, it's not a negative thing. And that, like I said, that's why I loved you guys' music, and what I always got out of it was that high energy, kick you in the seat of the pants, go out and do it. Um, over the years, you've been playing for quite a long time. Have you noticed a difference in the audience as far as are they more rowdy, less rowdy? Are they less receptive to something that maybe they're unfamiliar with, more receptive? How's the audience? Mm, I, I've always loved our fans. They're always great to us, and they always have great things to say, like you, like the same things you're saying, and that it's a positive influence on their life, and it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, it, it's helped them through bad times and stuff like that, and I, I'm finding, like, a lot more young kids are coming and stuff, so obviously their parents that are my age played the records, and uh, we've got a whole younger little generation of of Dwarf fans there, which is awesome. It's great to meet them, and 
they're so happy and uh, to 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 meet you and and I am to meet them. It's it's great talking to them, and I love to see that you know it continues on the rock and roll thing. It's only rock and roll, man. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean, Russ, and I mean that's a good place right. to be because definitely kids now will listen to their parents' music. When I was young, my dad was listening to like Barry Manilow or Grand Funk Railroad <laughs> or something I had no interest in, you know. Yeah. And now yeah. kids will actually. I've got a teenage girl come up and like, hey, what's this? You know, she just grabbed a bunch of like old metal CDs that her grandmother gave her, and she's like, I want all of these Guns and Roses and all of this. And I, mean, I would cool. never have an interest in my father's music. He listened mm, to like lounge well. music something well we were lucky to have the 70s and 80s like all that music is still standing up uh it's been generational and it's great to know that you know but they were fun songs and everything like it like nick it's only rock and roll like i said it's not rocket science here and we don't have the cure to cancer this is like uh, entertainment and uh you're supposed to you know it's your little escape from reality or into your reality however you want to take it it's your own interpretation of life you know music makes the world go round right i def as a musician i definitely agree and as a more of a musician of a, being a music fan because you have to be a fan first i think of music absolutely. to be able to make good music you know absolutely I'm, um let's no go ahead i'm sorry I'm, i was gonna say i'm a i'm a huge fan first before you know being in a band and everything i'm still a massive fan of music and you know i have my own things that i love too and you know, it's one big great thing. All righty. I got a little bit of a delay here, so it's not I'm cutting you off. It's that I'm here in silence for a few seconds and jumping in. Yeah, no problem. And speaking of jumping in, let's talk about Start at One. Why a uh, lost album? Why not a full-length, all-new material album? How was that choice made? Well, I I don't know. We just we've been sitting on this for a long time, like around you know '93, and really uh, our genre you know took a backseat to you know like Nirvana and all that stuff, and we were kind of at the end of our end of the tail there. Uh, we you know we got dropped from our record deal and blah blah blah, and uh, but at the same time you know we we went in and we did this record and. It was almost basically a glorified demo tape. It, it sounds really good, and uh, been sitting on it a long time. And people, you know, it's I think it's sliding around out there somewhere too. And and uh, just we got together and thought this might be a cool thing to do. And and since it's you know it's like a little time capsule and stuff. You know, we're probably going to write some new tunes too. But we have these. There's nine songs on this, and uh, when we listen uh, to it, you know, 20 years later. It's it still sounds like you know where we would have progressed after Method to the Madness, and so it's it's kind of a cool thing, and uh, like the song started one, I really like that tune, and it's a great, it, like I said, it's a time capsule of of where we were. So I don't know, people might not like it, who knows, you know, but uh, I think it's it stands up pretty well, sounds pretty good. Listen to the play. lyrics from. Oh, go ahead. Uh, we probably won't be playing a ton of songs. Uh, from it because you know people don't know it yet and stuff like that but we will right. play a couple for sure all right um when it comes to the album when you're listening to it from 20 years ago knowing that it hasn't been released other people haven't heard it is it still irrelevant to you i mean is there anything you'd want to say differently on it lyric wise or is it still like yeah this is exactly what i want to say in 2013 yeah definitely it's it's what I, it's how i write and uh 
it's it's cool to listen back to it and you know i like it i think we did a, a pretty good job on it uh i i haven't overanalyzed that either but you know i you know you're a fan of the band and you know how i write like lyrically and stuff and it's it's definitely in the same vein so you know you'll have to let me know what you think all right well when can i let you know what i think well i'll send you some tra- i'll send you some tracks i tried to get you something for the show but uh, I just moved in. I don't have the mastered version, and I, I've had some MP3s, but I didn't want to send you something. It's kind of right. So I'll send you something. Well, I meant that, the, uh, the world. When can the world? When can the world album? hear it? I'm, it's, we're looking at the end of August, I think, at this point. So, just if you just go to rustwarp.com, or uh, I think I forget. I forget the. Uh, there's a killer dwarf uh, website too. It's just it's being constructed now, but you can go. Yeah, I think you can find it from rustdwarf.com. But just go there and and uh, you can see the info and stuff. And that be on Twitter and uh, on Facebook and all that stuff too. But uh, I'm thinking it's going to be the end of August right now. It's just they're just putting the artwork together and everything right now. And if I'm not mistaken, you're kicking a tour off in September and. Maryland area? I know you guys are coming down my way. I live in Knoxville. I know you guys are playing Memphis in September, yeah, and I definitely plan yeah. on coming and checking that out. Awesome. Uh, I think we start on August 31st in upstate New York, and I think it's going to be like uh, 15 to 22 days. So it'll probably be from August 31st to around the, the end of September. So uh, I, I don't have all the dates right now, but I know we're going to be in Maryland and uh, Nashville and uh, upstate New York, and I, I think in the Midwest. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I can't really say uh, right now because I don't have it in front of me. But I think you're going to release that around uh, next week. We should start seeing what's going on. I think if you go on Polestar, there's a couple dates on there already. Cool, cool. Okay, well, I want to play another track and then take some calls. Awesome. Real quick though, let me okay. hear your funniest road story. Oh my Give me God, a good story from the road. Lonnie's road story. Hmm. That's that. You see, when you ask those kind of questions, it's hard to pull something out of your hat like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I tell you what. Uh, let yeah. me go to a song. You kind of mull it over. I'm gonna go to a okay. song. This is all that we are, all that we dream. Excuse me, Killer Dwarf. Oh, that's of one, course. It's one of my favorites. I love this song. Anyways, let me play this. You kind of mull it over, and then we'll take a couple calls. Right. Okay, brother.
righty, guys. That was all that we dream. Um, if you guys want to call in, any questions for Russ Dorf, it's 646-478-3554. Or you can post your questions on my Facebook, and I'll be glad to shoot them over to Russ. I do want to apologize for the distortion. This station is terrible for some reason once you hit a certain level on these songs. Um, Russ, you still with us? Yeah, brother. All right. You want to take a call or you want to tell a story? Sure, man, whatever you think. All right. Well, let's take a call. I've got actually a pal of mine from Maryland, Jimmy Slater on the line. Let me cue him in. Hey, hey, Jimmy. What's up, brother? Hey, man, what's happening? It's good to hear from you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Jimmy? Yeah, can you hear me, Jimmy? Yeah, I hear you now, buddy. What's up? What's up, man? You got a question here for Russ Dwarf? Uh, just wondering, uh, he said he's going to be touring, right? Where, where about the Maryland are you going to be touring at, bud? I think I'm going to be, uh, in Maryland, I think it's the House of Rock in, uh, outside of Baltimore, I think. I'm pretty sure that's where it's going to be. And like are, said, are you, I'm ahead, sorry, George. you want to go ahead and say something? Like I said, I think it, the dates will be announced next week, uh, but I think their Maryland date is is announced. I'm not I'm not quite sure. Like I don't have them in front of me here, so I don't really know. But I know we're definitely doing Maryland. It'll be early September, I'm sure. Okay, cool. I'll have to check you guys out. Awesome. Now, were you a huge fan of um, Hey Jimmy, got to ask you something. Yep. Were you a huge fan of Killer Dwarfs back in the day or just kind of a passing fan? What was your you know me, but I'm more intensity. in death metal and metal and stuff. But uh, I just listened to it for the first time, actually. Oh, really? Oh, well, good, man. I'm glad I could turn you on to it. <clears throat> awesome. I'm a musician myself, so, I mean, I'm always into learning, new, you know, hearing new music. Very cool. Well, good luck with your stuff. All righty, my friend. Well, thank you for calling in. Definitely hit me up sometime. I'll let you know next right, time I'm in the neighborhood. All right, brother, man. All righty, Jimmy. Take it easy. All right, later. Cheers. All righty, Russ. You got a story for us? Well, you wanted a road story. So uh, we used to, uh, you know, we travel in buses, right? So, you know, in the buses yep. they have, like, you know, who it is, who's, the, who's the band, right? So we in uh, some of these things, you, in the old days... It would be like on a roller, so we'd have like Cheap Trick, Governor Staff, there'd be a whole, Bon Jovi, a whole bunch of uh, names would be on there. But we found Burt Reynolds was on this one bus that we were in, and we put, nice. we put Burt we put Burt Reynolds up, and we'd pull into truck stops, and we'd uh, you know go in and have something to eat. And by the time we came out, the local TV station would be there all around the bus and asking, "Can we see Burt?" And we'd say, "Oh no, he's not coming out. He's sleeping." You just have a few chuckles with that kind of comedy. What was um, Burt Reynolds promoting? Why was he on the bus with you guys? I couldn't tell you. Maybe he was doing a movie and he had the bus, you know what I mean, just to sleep in the bus or something. <laughs> it's hard to say. Nice. Was he pretty cool to you guys? No, he wasn't on the bus, but his so- his sign was on the bus. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like when, gotcha. when you have the marquee, When you have the marquee at the front of the bus, right? So we nice. pretended he- Burt Reynolds was with us. They think you guys were like his makeup people or something? Probably. I don't know. We are pretty scared like of looking dudes. Like stand-in stuntmen? You should have told him you were a stuntman. You could definitely pass yeah. for that. Yeah. We were his wig people. Exactly. His toupee. His toupee yeah. artist. Toupee roadie. <laughs> 
Yes, everyone needs a toupee roadie. I'm a firm believer in that. Toupee roadie rights. Awesome. So I'm on the I was on the website and I found something that was really surprising to me. Tell me about Tall Tales. You are having a documentary done of your career? Oh yeah, that's been going on for like uh, almost two years now. So everybody's got to have a documentary these days, right? So it's basically, uh, yeah, it's the story of my life. So get the small popcorn. But uh, I, I, I probably won't be done till next year. I think at this point, it's it's just a slow thing. It takes a long time to do. And I've been busy with other stuff, but uh, yeah, that's underway. Tall Is tale. that being self-produced, or did someone approach you with it? Yeah, it's a company called X10 Productions that's doing it from Canada. Cool, cool. Yeah, it should be fun. All right. You got tons and tons of footage because I shot more stuff than 10 men, you know, through the last uh, 25 years. And uh, there's lots of cool stuff. And I have tons of stuff from when I was a kid. And, you know, there'll be lots of people telling tall tales. Nice. Are you guys touring outside of the U.S.? Are you doing a lot of touring in Canada, or you going uh, we're outside? Gonna, yeah, we're going to do the U.S. first, and uh, then we have some dates in Canada, and uh, we'll see what's happening, you know, uh, with the rest of the year. And we're probably looking at next spring and stuff like that. I'm still working this record of mine, uh, the acoustic record, uh, wireless that I did. Uh, I did. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar right. with that. Right. But that record just came out in March, and it's been doing real well for me. And it's basically uh, my ten of my favorite uh, dwarf tunes done acoustically uh, with a bunch of friends of mine, and uh, it's out real well, and it's doing good for me. And and uh, so I'm still working that record record too. And I got this KD thing coming up, and I'm got a couple of other things I'm involved with right now. And busy, it's a busy year, and I just moved and. Got a puppy and wow, you know. you're as high energy as I imagine you to be. When you're also, out on the um, road on this upcoming tour, are you going to have a specific band opening for you touring with you, or is it just going to be local acts from each area, or how's that going to work? Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some bands from the area, but there is a band uh, you can look up, uh, Modern Superstar. I think they're going to be doing a lot of dates with us down there. And they did some shows with me in March when I did my an acoustic tour in the States and uh, they're really nice cats and you know, they're good old U S boys and uh, really nice, nice people and a great little band. And uh, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure they're doing most of the dates with us. So yeah, you can, you'll see a good, good young band playing with us. Cool. The old days, which would probably be considered grassroots now, when you guys were starting, you really had to get out there, pound the payment, hand out those flyers, mm-hmm. word of mouth, like really pay your dues. What do you mm-hmm. think of social media now and just kind of being able to circumvent all that? And basically, yeah. I mean, you could load a song onto iTunes and buy it 20,000 times and become famous. Buy it from yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Isn't that cheating? I don't think any of it's cheating, man. It, it, nothing's easy in this business. and. You know, it's just what it's evolved to as far as the, inf- the information age and everything, right? It's it's an awesome tool. There's no doubt about it. But like anything, it's you know has it's there's pros and cons to everything. It's it, uh, it makes you know 
it's a lot harder, I think, for a young band to start because there's so much stuff out there to pick pick from that you know you might get lost in the shuffle. And you know, it's the old adage: just because it's successful doesn't mean it's good. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's successful. It's you know, it's just I think it, it might make it a little harder and stuff. You know, but uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. It, it can make people lazier too, right? Because you're not out there doing it. You just think if you click on Facebook or something, uh, it's that's what I'm talking you, about. Yeah, I think you know. I I don't know. We come from the old school, so you know we played a lot and we do two two hundred shows a year and for years and years and years and you know go out and play live music, right? But I don't know if that that kind of situation happens anymore. I don't know if there's any middle anymore. You know what I mean? The, the in you know our culture here, the economy is really bad and. You know, people are going to spend money on something that they really uh, are interested in, which, you know. But, you know, more power to you. As long as people keep on rocking, you know, it's all good. Not a problem. Loving it. So let me ask you, what bands, new bands, not from back in the day, but what newer bands, like, grab you by the balls and just get you moving? I mean, is there anything out there that's just driving you right now? Yeah, I love Rival Sons. I think it's an amazing uh, young band. They sound great, and they've taken a lot of great influences from you know my era, and they are they have a nice uh, a great sound. The singer's amazing. The 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 songs are great, and I really love this band. Awesome band. Have you heard of these guys? I have never heard of them, but I will definitely check okay, them out. Okay, you need to go Rising check these cats. Check Rival Sons. Go check these cats out. They're amazing. They're they're nice. American. They're American kids, but uh, they uh, do a lot of stuff in Europe. But I know that, that uh, they're gonna they're gonna do some U.S. dates, I think, in the fall. And you should definitely check these guys out. They're awesome. Like you guys are you playing Netflix. any shows with them? Any dates with them? I don't know. You never know. You know, in this this crazy world, you could you end up with uh, anybody. <laughs> That'd be fun. I'd love to see these cats. All righty. Well, I've got one more song left to play. Um, I awesome. guess we are going to wrap it up here. I don't have anybody else as far as on the line. Let me check my Facebook real quick. I don't have any questions waiting on Facebook. I definitely want to thank you for calling in today. I wish you all the best on your tour. I'm going to come check you guys out when you're in Memphis. you have any Thanks, parting man. words to the allegiance of Killer Dwarf fans out there? Just keep the spirit alive, man. Let's rock and roll. Right on, and I want to thank you for standing tall and keeping the spirit alive all these years, Russ. Like I said, I don't all think right. a month has gone by where I haven't awesome. listened to a couple Killer Dwarf songs. That's awesome, Nick. Thanks for the support, buddy. I'm glad you enjoy it. You have, you have all right, I'll you see you in a couple months, Russ. All right, buddy. Have a good one. All righty. All righty, that was Russ Dwarf. I'm going to end the show with Keep That Spirit Alive. Kind of, like I said, one of those songs that when I was in a bad mood, I could put it in, and it would definitely drive me, get the wind under me, and get me going. So hopefully this won't be as distorted as the other song was. This isn't on the music then. This is just, for some reason, this dashboard on this radio station. Some of these songs get a little bit distorted. But here is Keep That Spirit Alive. I'd like to thank you for listening to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis. And I will be gone next Sunday on vacation, but I'll be back in two weeks on my political show, The Ignorance Equation, with former mayor of Ramsey, New Jersey, Richard Muti, and we'll be talking about his book. That'll be Sunday the 11th, I believe. 
Until then, um, keep that spirit alive coming up. Thanks again, Russ.
All righty. I've got a couple minutes left. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis. Definitely um, August, Killer Dwarfs, start at one. Should be awesome. Tour starting in September. I believe it's Syracuse, New York. I will be at the show in Memphis, putting up lots of pictures on my Facebook of it. I'm looking forward to it. I plan on having a great time. Um, Once again, this Sunday coming up, taking the family to the zoo. Don't have a guest lined up. Fall in Saturday, Richard Muti will be on my political show. That's the Ignorance Equation, Sundays at 1 Eastern Standard Time. Um, Should be a really good show. He's a former mayor of Ramsey, New Jersey. He has a book that I am currently reading, Essays for My Father, and it's got a lot of good stuff in it, and I've got a lot to pick his brain about. All righty. I want to thank everybody who's tuned in and supported me over this past month while I'm getting this show geared up. I want to thank Russ Dwarf and all the fans, and you guys have a great one.